Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Lessons from the Waiting Room with Susan Hemingway. This is where we learn about waiting on God and the lessons that can be learned along the way. Here's today's episode. So before we get into today's topic, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I am not somebody who has gone to divinity school or teaches Sunday school class. I am a teacher by trade, but not a teacher of the Bible. I am just an ordinary woman who is trying her best to live for Jesus. It is my prayer that some of my experiences and lessons that I have learned could be helpful to you in your growth and in your daily walk with Christ. Waiting rooms. Those two words usually make me think of a doctor's office. How many times have we sat in those rooms waiting beyond our scheduled time? There could be many causes like overbooking, a late arrival, maybe poor time management. I have been in a lot of doctor's offices and I can only count a few of them that have been consistent about seeing patients when their scheduled time is. What do most of us do in those waiting rooms? We use time fillers like games or social media or reading. Now, I'm not saying that those things are um, not good or that they don't have a time and place. They certainly do. What I'm trying to say is that we do not wait with expectation or productivity in mind when we're sitting in a doctor's office waiting to see the doctor. We wait with a attitude of, I have some time to kill, so let me fill that time. But why are we willing to take our time, which is precious, to wait at all? Well, it's simple. The doctor has the knowledge and and experience to help us with our physical afflictions. We tell ourselves that we need a remedy, a diagnosis, or maybe a clean bill of health. We need to visit the doctor for that to happen. Before we even show up for the appointment, most of us realize that some waiting will be involved. But we are willing to sacrifice some time because we trust that the doctor will have all the answers. (laughs) If we are willing to wait on doctors who are human and flawed like us, why aren't we willing to wait on God? That's a question I've had to ask myself several times. I mean, he is perfect, all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-wise. Doesn't that sound like someone we should go to for answers? Now, before I continue with this, let me state, I am by no means saying that we should avoid going to doctors. I'm using the doctor's office waiting room as an example of what we do when we're waiting in in our life. And I want to compare it to waiting on God in a metaphorical waiting room that isn't made of four walls. Unfortunately, we, and I am including myself here, often get into a give me an answer now mentality. (laughs) 
Our prayers are not always meant to be answered at the speed of a fast food drive through order. Some of our prayer requests require God to have time to work in the lives of people. I read a quote once from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and he said, The mighty God takes mighty time to work out his grand results. Let me say that one more time. The mighty God takes mighty time to work out his grand results. Growing up in a fast food drive through kind of culture where you can get food instantaneously, where you can stream the latest uh, movie or television show or stream your favorite music instantaneously, or even just the telephone, you can call somebody anywhere in the world and talk to them right away. All of that has created in us this lack of ability to truly wait for things. Some of our prayer requests require God to have time to work in the lives of people. If you just think about yourself for a moment, how resistant are you to change? I'll talk about me personally. I'm very resistant to change. I'm the type of person that would love to work in one job for 30 years and be at the same location with the same people over and over again. I'm very resistant to change. That has not been my career situation. I have moved around to different locations to teach more than once. But my desire is to kind of get someplace and settle in and be there because we don't like the hassle of change. We don't like the hassle of packing up a house and moving to a new one or choosing a new house. And we don't like the hassle of learning a new routine or new coworkers. We don't like the hassle of learning where the new grocery store is at our new house because we were used to one somewhere else. All of these things that we just don't like to change. And yet we want everything to be done very quickly, but we want God to change other people and not us. That's me speaking from personal experience. I would like God to change other people in my life, but I don't always want him to change me. And so I have to realize that although God's plan might be to change somebody else, he wants me to change as well because his goal is for us to grow in him and there is no growth without change. Your prayer request might be something that God agrees with, but the people, the circumstances, or the timing just might not be right yet. That is when we find ourselves in a waiting room designed by God. And guess what? He inhabits that waiting room with you. So why is it so hard to be in that waiting room? Well, in order to understand that, we're going to have to look at what it means to wait. After looking through the multiple definitions of wait in Merriam-Webster online, I want to focus on the following definition. To wait a state or attitude of watchfulness and expectancy. Let's break this down. 
To be in a state or an attitude of something implies that you are focused, right? You're, you're in a state, you're focused in that state, whatever that state is. To be watchful means that you are looking around and up. In other words, your head isn't buried in your phone or in this situation in your circumstances. To be expectant implies that you know something is coming. There will be an answer after our season of waiting. It might not be the one that we started asking for, but it will be the one that we need. What does God's word say about waiting? Well, in Psalm 25, 3, it says, Not one person who waits on you will be disgraced. Let that sink in for a moment. There is no shame. There's no falling from favor. There's no lack of honor in waiting on God. What an absolutely amazing thought. Let's read that verse again. Psalm 25, 3. Not one person who waits on you will be disgraced. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Notice that there are three different speeds of movement here. Soaring, running, and walking. This is not a trick question. Which one of those do you think we do first? Of course, we have to walk first. God needs us to stretch and build our waiting muscles while we're walking with him and waiting for things in order for us to be able to run and soar as we wait. Here is the key takeaway that I want to leave you with at the end of today's episode. The ultimate result or reward for waiting on God isn't the thing that we are waiting on. It is a closer relationship with the one who waits with us. Let me say that again. The ultimate result or reward for waiting on God isn't the thing that we are waiting on receiving or getting or having changed in our life. It is a closer relationship with the one who waits with us. Thanks for listening. And until next time, have a wonderful day.